All right, people, let's do this one last time. My name is Chris Revel, and for the last seven years, I have been the only one making Let's Chat with Chris Revel. A few months ago, that all changed when I teamed up with some producers. To celebrate, we are teaming up with the fine folks at See Alive to present Let's Chat Birthday Bash. Let's Chat is turning seven, and what other better way to celebrate than a watch party of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? We're going to have exclusive merch giveaways, tons of fun, great way for us to interact. We will be doing this on August 29th at 8 p.m. EST, hosted on See Alive. You can find all the information at letschatpodcast.net. Make sure you register for your space at sia.live. The following is a fourth-hand production. 
Nice. And uh, we'll release one a week, I believe, on Thursdays <clears throat> from here on out. Awesome. What's the What's the cast of the Twisted Ten now? What's the current cast? It's uh, Adam, Josh, myself, and Tack when available. Okay. Yeah. So Andrea is not not doing it anymore. No, no, no. She got little ins that she's taking care of. Okay. So she's right like, she's being kind enough to allow Mr. Adam to have all the fun while she does the work. Very nice. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's cool. <clears throat> so I feel like it, he'll have to pay for that later down the road. Who Adam will? <laughs> for sure. Definitely. <laughs> he's probably already paying for it yeah, in ways probably, we don't know. Exactly. Yeah, he's probably cleaning up a lot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ron, what's your history with the Brady Bunch? I don't like it, and I don't watch it. <laughs> Except for the episodes you guys tell me i got to watch to be on the show. That's yeah. the best kind of guest. Because I want to uh, do podcasts with my friends. So. <laughs> me and Tug have gotten Even shit. if it means i got to watch 22 and a half minutes of complete silliness yeah, yeah. to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> me and Tech have gotten shit for, for how we kind of bash the show a little bit. We've had people write in and they didn't like how we did it. They didn't like how we talk about it. So Yeah, there's people that take this show seriously. <laughs> they do, guys. yeah. If you're yeah, going to yeah. do a podcast about it, you should take it more seriously. I'm just kidding. We had somebody uh, give us like one star because they thought we were cussing too much and you know, so, but luckily we got um, we got a review right after that going and an email saying no, you guys are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to that guy. He's a fucking loser. Keep the show just like you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you well, we threw it. it to the listeners. We were like, so what do you guys think? Do you want us to clean up the show? And they wrote in going, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, leave it the way it is. Yeah, you got okay. to modernize the content a little bit. Make it, uh, you know, mo- <laughs> no, I was to say modern, but uh, just make it more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, current, yeah, yeah. There you go. That really wasn't the word at all I was looking for. But uh, <laughs> Ron's like, I don't know. Dude, I'll think of it like in three hours from now. Can we? Can we just put? Can we fix it in post? Sure. Okay, well, great. <laughs> it'll be. It'll be Ron going. It seems so. And then he'll say the word like. Bruh, bruh. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it. It, it makes it um, more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Five seconds of silence, so you know where to edit that. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So I guess right now we're going to take our first break of the show. Oh, For right. reals? For reals, yeah. And then we're going to come back and dive right into... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired. Exactly. <laughs> this is wearing me out. I need a break. And we're going to dive into season two, episode 14 oh, all right. of Where There's Smoke. Wait, wait, Tackle was going to say something. Oh, were you going to say something? He's trying to, but he's laughing too hard. <laughs> Oh, that wheezing sound? I thought that was like feedback or something. That's like, there's some old Hanna-Barbera cartoon that has a dog that laughs like that. Yeah. It does, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that well, is. Well, it's funny because you're like, you know, hey, well, right, well, we can take a break, and Ron's like, seriously? And then you're like, yeah, and then you turn to the mic, and then Ron was just looking at you like, for real? Like, we just started, and you're yeah. just staring at me. That's, that's like, you know, one of those jokes. Well, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope yeah. you enjoyed this episode. I didn't know if we had like the whole episode's like five minutes long. (laughs) I didn't know if we had a story or something to tell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry about that. All right. You can do whatever. All right. (laughs) So I guess we'll take a break and then we'll dive right into the, uh, the plot of it. All right. All right. Well, yep. We'll be back. (laughs) 
So, but we can't say the things that we normally say on our podcast. That is correct. So I couldn't say something like beep. And like I, de- I definitely couldn't say beep, 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 and uh, beep, beep. I am not doing this bit. <laughs> <laughs> too late. He's too deep in. Anyway, this is Alex Austin from Ronan Geek Official Podcast. And in the room with me today, I have... Plebeian Pirate Adam. And? And just Rob. And just Rob. And we are here to advertise Ronan Geek Official Podcast. We are a geek news and comedy podcast direct out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. So if you want some Canadian flavor on your geek comedy news, make sure to give us a listen each week for gaming, movies, and TV. We'll give you some reviews. We'll give you some spoilers and we'll give you probably a lot of other stuff you didn't ask for so <laughs> so join us wherever you find your podcast and we look forward to having you listen to us yay back hmm. okay right. we have the brady bunch season two episode 14 where there's smoke let's get into this episode it first aired january 8th 1971 written by our man sherwood shorts and david p Harmon. directed by oscar, oscar rudolph, rudolph. <laughs> that's our man that's our boy <laughs> some interesting facts about this episode this is the first episode where a Brady kid seriously sings, or tries to sing, I guess. Yeah. Greg himself co-wrote the song, Till I Met You, which is the song that he sings in this episode. The school shots are filmed at Lucy Park on Melrose Avenue, which you can still visit today. And in the show notes, I put what that tree looks like today. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I just thought that was kind of neat. The actors that play Tommy... Went on to do primarily music after this. He did a lot of uh, music for for movies and stuff like that, which I thought was interesting. The, the actors, plural. Yeah. That well, no, the the single actor. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, he didn't have a girlfriend. He was single. <laughs> well, what's funny is I thought I found it interesting that he doesn't play an instrument in the episode yet. He went on to do music. I thought that was kind of cool. I actually did some a little deep dive on him too. And yeah. uh, he does a lot of, um, he's a composer as well. And yeah, he does a lot of synthesizer and keyboard stuff. He's a total poser. You know what? Oh, uh, composer. You know what show he works on right now, Ron? He works uh, on uh, Big Bang Theory? No. I don't know. He works on the Orville. So he does music for the Orville. Oh, like, sweet. Like yeah. Redenbacher? No, the show, <laughs> the Orville, the Seth MacFarlane show. It's so good. <clears throat> In fact, did you recognize the guitar that uh, I played? I didn't even bother to look at it, really, to be honest with no. you. It's called a Mossrite Venture. So I went through and I checked to see what other people uh, used it, and apparently Kurt Cobain used it. Uh, hmm. Jerry Cantrell of Allison Chains used it. Hmm. Glenn Campbell, because I know you're into country music, he played it. <laughs> uh, CJ and Johnny Ramone, uh, Robert Smith of The Cure, and uh, Ricky Wilson of the B-52s all played the same guitar. Love Shack, baby! <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was interesting. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Fade in. Mm. Mm. We see Greg walking up to a school with his cool guy Letterman jacket on. He turns the corner and walks up to the tree that that Bobby got his ass, or I'm sorry, 
It wasn't Bobby. It was Peter. Peter, uh, Peter got his ass That's kicked right. in front that of him back in episode tree. eight. Exactly. That was that yeah, tree. I t- I knew, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he is stopped by a group of equally cool guys wearing the same Letterman jacket. When Greg greets them, saying "Hi, guys." They stop him because they hear that he plays a little guitar. But Greg begins saying, no, it's a normal size guitar. <laughs> I heard the same joke. <laughs> like what it sounded like in the episode. <laughs> I hear you play a little guitar. You mean a ukulele? Um, <laughs> Ron's just like, this is what I did. I said yes to this. I have nobody to exactly, blame but myself. Yeah. <laughs> he confirms that he plays a guitar. <laughs> Um, a little, and with the boys begin, and the boys begin telling him uh, that they have put a group together called the Banana Convention. <laughs> so, the so Banana I, Hammock Convention. Exactly, yeah. So I said probably because that's uh, they never hang out with girls; it's only each other. Um, <laughs> the Sausage Party Convention. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they already have a gig playing a dance at Stephen Decatur High School. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. I, I graduated high school in the city, Decatur, Illinois. Yes. And my girlfriend in high school went to Stephen Decatur High School. Oh, so interesting. I thought that was kind of neat. Did she, oh. Was she also behind your back banging a guy named Stephen at Probably. Decatur? Probably, okay. yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool, too, to bring it full circle. She always smelled like cigarette smoke, too, which was kind of yeah. weird. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there. Now Hopefully it's really full circle. Hopefully she didn't hang out with Tommy, because that guy. <laughs> um, she had a brother named Tommy, which was kind of interesting. Anyways, um... Followed by one of the boys doing an impersonation of, I'm assuming, Nixon. I can't be Stephen Decatur because <laughs> no. he's from the 1800s. Was it Nixon? Who the hell is it? Jimmy? He oh, no. A, oh, the impersonation? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I actually wrote doing, that down. I have a little story about he that. He was doing okay. Ed Sullivan. That's Ed Sullivan. Oh. Right here in your shoe for the first time ever. Wow, yeah. that was a terrible impersonation. In living color, direct from Hollywood, California. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, my my story about that is real quick. My dad <laughs> does this Ed Sullivan impersonation. Yeah. It's it's horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> but he thought it was so amazing. So finally, when like Kermit? when um, recorders were around, my grandfather said, "Give me give me this effing recorder, dude. I'm gonna put you on film doing this Ed Sullivan impersonation." <laughs> And you're never going to do it again after you see this. So he did. I, we still have the tape if, in like 1981 wow. of my dad sitting there doing it right here in air stage, you know, doing this Ed Sullivan impersonation. Like he had the, he was trying to do the whole thing and do the face and everything. I, I don't think he's ever done it since. It really? was, you know, it's so bad. Oh, wow. It's really bad. But anyway, when I heard, when I heard him doing that, I thought about, uh. Uh, that uh, Ed Sullivan and there's Ed Sullivan's popped into a few movies too and I can't remember there's been a few movies even a movie I've seen recently where, they, he, he where, was, they, where they've imported some Ed Sullivan well, that thing you do I think footage it might oh, have yeah, even been so. uh, Forrest Gump too yeah possibly. he was a Forrest Gump too yeah too. exactly yeah. he's been uh, the, uh, around he was the guy back in the day for yeah, the, yeah. you know Beatles all that stuff he was so. like Dick Clark before Dick Clark yeah he was yeah, also definitely. in the um, Nirvana video too Oh, really? I, I, I can't remember uh, which song. I did not know that. But he started was off, all, Wasn't was he like, also in the one? No, he wasn't. Never mind. No, that was a different video. But he, I guess Ed Sullivan's famous for like mispronouncing like band names or whatever. <laughs> and he was like, oh. we're here. And he goes, Nirvana. And also then, in Pulp. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I interrupted you, Tack. I was just going to say before I forgot it. I know he's shaking his head. I was just afraid <laughs> I was going to forget. In Pulp Fiction, the guy who was like judging and the host of mm-hmm. the dance contest, yeah. Yeah. he was he was doing an Ed Sullivan impersonation. Okay. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Now is we it, know. Is Ed Sullivan the one that said the Oneaters? <laughs> I, do, I do not know. I thought he was. <clears throat> okay. All right. Anyways, 
these boys begin telling uh, Greg that they need an extra guitar player for the gig and asks if he is available. Greg enthusiastically says yes. When Greg uh, starts saying his amp needs a little work, one of the boys offers Greg a cigarette. Greg tries to act like he didn't see it, but the boy insists. Finally, Greg takes one and immediately chokes on the smoke as he tries to continue the conversation asking what kinds of music they play. Just then... It felt like the longest period of time did. for like five minutes. He's just like yeah. slowly yeah. bringing yeah. the cigarettes closer to him. And Greg's closer, like, yeah, that's cool, and man. And Greg's like, like pre- looking up, pretending like not to see the cigarettes. Those are clean. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's very white. Yeah, cool. <laughs> just then we see Jan and Cindy walking down the sidewalk. While Jan is busy talking, Cindy notices something and stops dead in her tracks, finally saying, Greg smoking. They both look at each other <laughs> and back at Greg nice. in disbelief. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, so is this like Little House on the Prairie, where, where everyone of like from exactly. first through twelfth grade go to the same school? <laughs> and this is like why was Cindy in school with Greg in yeah. like Los Angeles? Exactly, yeah. In the seventies, in the same uh, school, when she was like five and he was like yeah. fifteen. <laughs> I, I did. I just I noticed that, so I thought I'd uh, yeah. throw it out there. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange too. Uh, okay. Anyway. Just thought I did. So, just so, so you guys know, I watched the episode. I mean, I can understand that they went to, <laughs> if they went to a private school or something, but they'd have uniforms on for that. This is true. So I don't know. So Greg is about to join like a metal band. I was like, they're like, yeah, we play hard metal rock. They had in the sixties. Yeah, you guys do hard rock. I think hard yes, rock. right? And hard some rock. ballads, some ballads, and mixed some in. ballads. I was like, that was right. awesome. Right on, right on. All right, so scene two, we open up in the girls' bedroom to see Jan apparently giving a crew member a dirty look off camera when Cindy comes running <laughs> and shouting. I, I did not notice She's that. giving like the nastiest look just to, to the right of the camera. <laughs> That's so funny because I was watching Big Bang Theory a few minutes ago, and right. uh, Penny in this in this one scene, she's like talking over here, and the camera is like, you know, like, like you're the camera. She's like talking over here, but for some reason she kept like, looking over there like three or four times <laughs> and she was like I was like what is she like a director's like hey hey you know sit Probably down you know, I don't know what they were doing anyway um so she's um Jan apparently giving a crew member a dirty look off camera when Cindy comes running in shouting she's coming up she's coming up the stairs Jan certainly tells her now Cindy let me tell her just then, Marsha comes walking through the door. Jan quickly stands up from her desk and begins saying, Hi, Marsha. Um, can we talk about something important? Cindy follows with something real bad. Uh, when Jan scolds her by saying her name, Cindy replies with, I didn't even mention Greg. This piques Marsha's interest as she inquires, What about Greg? Cindy says, uh, relishing being able to tell her this gossip, he was smoking. Jane gets mad because <laughs> she didn't get to smoking. spread the gossip and tell Cindy, that's the last time I'll ever trust you. Ever! When <laughs> 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 Marsha no asks if they're sure, Jan gets her chance to tell the story to Marsha. Marsha can't seem to believe what she's being told and emphasizes how serious this is. Then asks them to tell her exactly what they saw. They tell Marsha what they saw and that he was coughing a lot. This seems to convince Marsha. 
She's like, that checks out. I've heard him <laughs> cough before. He does this. You passed the test. So that's probably right. <clears throat> the girls immediately say they need to tell mom and dad. But Marcia insists on these two not telling anyone. Until she figures out what they should do. You know, because she's like in the order of chain of command. Good God. You know, she's like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'll report it to the higher ups. <laughs> so. Did you notice how much that they were relishing and tattling? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, even telling not supposed Marcia, to be tattling. Like, so. They were just relishing something interesting happening on this fucking show. That's what they were relishing. <laughs> They're like, finally, something cool to talk about. Thank God. Well, it's like, what the hell was Jan getting so mad about? Like, Cindy saw it. Like, why the hell yeah. does she get to tell him? With a real cigarette. <laughs> well, <laughs> not those pretend candy ones yeah. that they're going to stop selling in Great smoking. Well, once it's again, this is a uh, chain of command. So Cindy sees it, reports it to Jan. Jan reports it to Marsha. <laughs> Marsha reports it to the parents. Well, so. okay. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. But Cindy is with, not supposed um, to be tattling. With a quick little check on uh, through, was it Alice? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. A little quick check there to make sure we were we were following procedures and policies. <laughs> so don't forget th- about that. Does that mean like when you had issues growing up, Tech, mm-hmm. that, um, that you had to report it to your sister first before you let her report it to your mom? Right. I had to report it to Janelle and then which in turn she reported to Echo. And then Echo had to report it to Janissa. And then... Okay. So, I mean, and then every once in a while, Jenny would make an appointment with me and be like, look, I have an issue. I'm like, okay, well, I'll let Janelle know when I get a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, scene three. We now see Greg sitting on the bed performing a love song for his brothers who are sitting on their bunk beds. <laughs> nice. And they seem completely captivated as they look at each other, smile, and nod. Dude, Bobby and Peter looked like wet, like listening to they Greg They did. Play. They looked like they were about to start jerking off. They were yeah, fake like yeah. Was, he, was this love. really Greg singing? Was this his voice? Or? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was. he's a good singer. <clears throat> he wrote the song, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I mean, I could tell he was really playing guitar, but I wasn't sure if that was him singing or not. <laughs> I was just kind of wishing that the song would go on for like another 38 minutes. <laughs> it was way too long. They could have done like three seconds of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Instead true. of like a minute and a half. Or they, were, they, they were trying to, for like five seconds to maybe test out being the Partridge family. Yeah. Right, right. That's exactly that what I was thinking. I wanted to see when the Partridge family started. Um, you know, are they like, okay, you know, the Partridge family has, what's his head? What was his name? Danny Osmond? No, I, mean, I don't what know. The I don't know who's in the Partridge family. I have no idea. You're talking about Danny Bonaducci? No, not Danny Bonaducci. The main, the oldest kid. Oh, uh, David something. Mr. Cotter? I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Cotter. Yeah, David something. Yeah, yeah. David something. I can't remember his Partridge, name. Partridge? David no. Partridge? <laughs> no. Um, anyway. Ink he, Partridge? He went on to be a huge star, <laughs> you know. He went on to be a huge star because of David that show. David Carradine? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm better. Uh, no. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But one of the boys, not Tommy, but one of the other boys, uh, they went on to do the Partridge Family. They were on one episode. So. Hmm. That's cool. Yep. All right, scene four. Uh, that scene is finally over. As we go to the living room and see Carol carrying clean clothes somewhere. She stops because she hears Greg playing his guitar and singing this never-ending song. She stops, smiles, <laughs> and I think she even like like 
she adjusted herself. She's like, I think, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but, um, and here's Greg playing guitar and singing, uh, singing and playing guitar to this never ending song. She stops, smiles and nods as Mike walks through the front door home from work. When he tries to greet Carol, she tells him, shh, but he lays the law down saying first kissed, then shish. Mike himself (laughs) then notices Greg singing and comments. Hey, he has a pretty good voice. Carol, being the genius, she braggingly says, well, it just shows that talent is inherited. Mike, being equally braggy, says, must have got it from my side of the family. Mike then says he's going to go upstairs, change, when suddenly they hear a horrible noise coming from the guitar amp. Carol pipes up with, yep, that's your side of the family. Mike comments, sounds like he got his fingers stuck in the string, which is oddly correct, which is yeah, weird. Right. <laughs> well, one is, again, why is Carol doing laundry? Like, right. that's what Alice is for. Right. But why are they acting like they're biological? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> like Carol's not the biological mom. Like, they're adopted. Right. You know, oh, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. That was like well, a horrible joke. Well, thank well, you for the compliment on my ex-wife. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I must have got it from that's my funny. side. Well, I sure as fuck didn't get it from her side. I didn't even like, think about that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought Jeez. of that, too. <laughs> Poor right, poorly written. Imagine yeah. that Brady Bunch, poorly written. Yeah, right. And then That's nobody, weird. nobody thinks of it like as much as as Robert Reed bitches about shit on set. Like he didn't stop and say, "Wait a minute, guys, this doesn't make sense." He bitches <laughs> about talking to a mouse, but he don't bitch about an obvious plot yeah. hole. But okay, there's some really <laughs> bad plot holes in a whole lot of movies and shows where you think hundreds of people work and one person would have stopped and been yeah, like, right. "This is really stupid." Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so Batman and Superman are friends now because both their moms' name are Martha. We think yeah. that that's a good idea. Nope, no one. Hundreds of people and working on a movie. So yeah, I could see something like yeah. this slipping by. You know what the problem? Well, I could see know? the, I could see the brass at the at the the network saying, we don't really want to talk a whole lot about the fact that they were either divorced or widowed. And so let's just pretend he, like you're all just one happy household. Yeah, like even though a, even though uh, <clears throat> a whole show is based on them being exactly, a blended yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> no, the problem with having too many yes men around you. The result is Cybertruck. This is how you get Cybertruck. <laughs> All right. Cool. What's Cybertruck? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was better just to leave it silent. I leave that awkward silence. That's funny because I was waiting fact, for Ron to say when something. You, when you edit this, I want you to extend the awkward silence <laughs> by at least two seconds. <laughs> what is Cybertruck? Cybertruck. I'm not going to Google oh. it. Oh. Oh, Cybertruck. You know, Musk's, you know no, no Tesla Cybertruck? Oh, Tesla Cybertruck. Okay. Oh, Cybertruck. Oh, you mean the Tesla truck? Yeah, the it's whole hard, It's ugly. It's hideous. You're talking about the whole window thing shattering? Well, just the truck itself is just an abomination. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is, yeah. It's absolutely horrible. I think that's what the so result is like something you, get you made you too up many this- yes men around you. Are you trying to start a trend or a fad or something, Tack, by saying, <laughs> hoping that every time something's bad, we're going to say Cybertruck because Tack said it? <laughs> is, that, is that what's happening here? That's going to be new slang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what Tack was like shooting for some yeah. like new slang. Like 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 this yeah. show is Seinfeld or something and we're just starting trends now. Anytime there's like an obvious <laughs> plot hole, we're going to use Cyber We're just going to say Cybertruck and that's it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Scene five. We are now back in the boys' bedroom. Bobby has the guitar sitting on his lap as Greg is over him trying to help. 
<laughs> Peter is <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, Can exactly. we like cut some words out of that? Yeah, We're exactly. back in the boy's bedroom. Cut out. Okay, then he said in his lap, cut out <laughs> over him. <laughs> Cut out. <laughs> That'd been awesome. No, nothing. No, no, nothing. Okay. Peter's on the top funny. bunk with his fingers in his ears. <laughs> we can really be, can really edit this out if you get all yeah, pornographic, right, yeah. can't you? Um, <laughs> when Mike walks in saying, "Hey, hey, what's going on in here?" Greg begins saying that Bobby has been pestering him, so he let him try his guitar, and he got his fingers stuck in the strings. Mike just smiles and says, "Yeah, sounds like it." After releasing Bobby's fingers, he asks Mike if he can talk to him about something. Mike sighs and says, yeah, I guess so, which struck me as, what the fuck? That's your son, man. Like, really? I so, guess. I guess. I was going to go. Talk well, to your father. I was going to go just just home from work. I guess I'll do this instead. Be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, also, he also just got home from work. You know, he's like, wants to get changed and, you know. Uh, and why does he work? For his kids. So there you go. He's an architect. It's not like... You know, out in the field in construction. It's like, bitch, you've been talking to meetings all day. You can talk one more time to your son. <clears throat> Greg then tells Peter and Bobby that it's private and kicks them out of the room. When Mike closes the door, he looks at Greg and says, this sounds important. <laughs> Greg confirms, asking, you ever, <laughs> you ever heard of the banana convention? Mike responds with, well, that was one of my, one of my nicknames in high school. Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, that was dumb. Uh, he didn't see Mike that. asks, um, wasn't that the, the meeting in Panama in 18, whatever it was? Which I checked it out, and that's the, the Congress of Panama. Which I know it's nerdy, but it was bugging me. Okay. <laughs> Greg seems offended that Mike hasn't heard of the band, um, correcting him, saying that it's a rock group. <clears throat> Mike laughs um, at either the name or the idea that Greg tells him... Um, how it's a group of guys from school and that they're really heavy. Mike jokingly... <laughs> a bunch of fat guys. <laughs> Mike jokingly says, uh, that doesn't mean that they're overweight, I take it. Greg tells him it's about this... Um, tell, Greg tells him about the gig and Mike quickly tries to ground Greg, asking if it's, quote unquote, the real thing for bread. <laughs> Greg assures Mike that they will get paid something, but he's not sure how much. Mike gives him the okay, but says that he'll have to check with Carol. Greg then asks if he can have an advance on his allowance, saying that he has to get some work done on his amp. Mike agrees to give him a loan based on the future earnings. Greg agrees, but asks how much the interest will be. When Mike tells him that it would, he would never charge him interest, Greg quickly tells Mike that he charges Peter 25% interest when he loans him money. <laughs> Mike, shocked at this, tells tells Greg that the amount is quote-unquote against the law. Ron, is that, you might know, is that true? I don't think so. There's, is there a law against charging too much interest on a loan? Not according to my credit cards. Okay. <laughs> Greg always, always the con artist says, well, you know, that I know that and you know that. But until Peter finds out, Mike stops Greg telling him that uh, with them, it's going to be an interest free loan. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, why is Mike starting to change in the boys room? <laughs> you notice he starts taking off his clothes in the boys' room? Like, no, I didn't even notice that. I don't. I don't notice when men take off their clothes like you do, Jimmy. And also, <laughs> like he was just using the amp, and it sounded fine. Oh yeah, the amp sounded perfect. They, I, they I did kind of wonder about that. Like, yeah. Well, maybe it was like a loose wire kind of a thing. Like if he gets it just right, then it's cool as long as you don't maybe, touch it. Maybe it's just thing. like I don't know. The screen was a little torn or something. Or whatever. Yeah, it's maybe. Called, you know, hmm. Casing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
So, like, I thought it was hilarious when uh, Greg was talking to Mike and he was like, hey, uh, these guys want me to play in their band. And he goes, really? And he's like, isn't that a gas? <laughs> I just thought that was a funny... That would have been funny if Mike would just lifted an ash. He went... That just been funny. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I laughed. It's, Ron Isn't is that a, a gas tough burr? crowd today. I still laugh at farts all the time. Farts are great. Ah, so. uh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they're good ones. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, like I like to do, like Tack knows this. You might know it too, but um, <laughs> with the kids, I'll, I'll we'll be sitting there watching TV, and I'll just go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second. Do you guys hear that?" And they'll stop, and I go, and fart. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Tack. Sorry. It's all right. Scene six. We now see Alice standing in the kitchen in front of the ovens as Marcia comes walking in. Alice informs her politely that dinner won't be ready until the biscuits rise. Marcia simply says she's not hungry. Alice offers to help her girl to girl. Marsha begins saying it's not hmm. really her problem. Girl on it's girl. Her, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. It's her, quote, friend's problem. Alice seeing right through the whole friend thing. <laughs> totally, that, like, even in 1971, the term <laughs> asking for a friend yeah. was born on, mm-hmm. on this show in, in the Brady Bunch. The term asking for a friend became <laughs> into pop culture. <laughs> and also the term... Cyber truck and girl, okay. and girl on girl <laughs> and girl on girl. girl, on girl. All, all, all right there in this one episode. Boom. Uh, see, Alice seeing right through the whole quote friend thing agrees that uh, those can be the toughest ones to solve and ask for a hint. Maybe Alice can help this friend of Marcia's. Marcia begins telling Alice, "Well, see, this friend of friend has a brother, and she's really close to him." Alice says, "So far, that's not a problem." I swear, Alice, like, winked and nudged her, like, eh? Eh? <laughs> brother, huh? Yeah. Really close to her brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. I you are. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really close to your father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stepfather. Right? Marcia continues telling Alice that she heard from a completely reliable source that her brother did something wrong. And if she says anything, is it snitching? Alice explains it in terms that makes it easy for Marcia to understand. She asks if her friend tells, is it helping her brother out of trouble or into trouble? Marcia empathetically thinks that it would help him out of it. Alice confirms that it's not snitching. Marcia, full of relief, runs to Alice, thanks her and gives her a kiss on the cheek, and as she runs off to find her and then she runs off to find her parents. And I swear I saw Alice get, like, wood right there when that happened. Yeah, I think I saw a slight boner, yeah. I think you're right. Mm. Also, did you notice Alice's stereo's back? Yes! It was, like, behind her, right? Why why she keep moving that shit around? (laughs) I guess maybe she was teaching the family a lesson, and then they learned it, and she's like, okay, I'll put it back, but I don't want Carol touching this anymore. She leaves the amp on, and it's bullshit. Also, did you notice in the kitchen, Ron, I was hoping you would notice since you've been recently into culinary, <laughs> you've been getting into it. Um, Alice had like three lidded pots of various sizes on the stove, and this is what she's making for dinner. What the hell is she making? They were required like those pots, like it's three random pots with all three lidded and biscuits. Uh, biscuits and gravy? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Well, didn't I wasn't notice, looking uh, for didn't, like didn't you to think go, about it. I wasn't looking for an answer. It was just more of a. Did anybody notice that? Like it's just no. random. I like I, I can't think of anything you would cook in three different pots. You could, do, 
Well, you got mashed taters and gravy and or mashed taters and one and <laughs> I don't know pasta and another and I don't know they didn't know what carbs were in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not thinking through. That's the prop master not being on set that day. Just grab some pans out yeah, of the drawers. Yeah, just put them on there. You know, let's just make it look like she's cooking yeah. something. <clears throat> and no, and and sinks that never have running water, like all shows, unless they need the water for a specific thing. There's never water in exactly. sinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scene seven. We have now followed Marsha to Mike. How many scenes are there total? Um, usually twenty something. Oh my god! Hurry up! No, dude, I'm so (laughs) kidding. (laughs) I was, I I wanted to do. I had already pre-planned that joke. I wrote it in right here to my notes. No, I didn't actually. I thought you were serious. I'm (laughs) like, (laughs) no, I just, I'm just, I'm just goofing off. (laughs) You have to leave all that in. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah it all it's funny because if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear all the time you going. You can cut that out if you want, and it's. Always, I love I love podcasts when I hear them <laughs> say something inappropriate. Then I hear them say, "Oh my god, that's going to have to be cut out." Yeah. No, it stays yeah, in exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right, scene seven. We have now followed Marcia to Mike's den, where she's assembled both Mike and Carol. Mike is in the middle of telling Marsha, honey, it is... Did you say assembled? Like, put yeah. them together? Yeah, I'm assuming you say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't think Carol hangs they, out in there. Maybe she does. It's just the Lego Brady Bunch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they should have that. That yeah, would right, be yeah. super mm. nothing I would ever buy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, Lego, get on top of that. All right, go ahead. Um, Mike is in the middle of telling Marsha, honey... It is so important, just if it's so important, just say it. But Marsha urges that she wants to, but it's just not that easy. Carol tries hmm. to help by asking if it's something she or Marsha did, but Marsha assumes, I'm sorry, no. Marsha assures her that it was that. It was that. What? <laughs> oh, if it was that, she would come out and tell Carol in a second. Mike, again, being the genius of the family, deduce, deduces... Is it something else? Uh, is it something somebody else did? Oh, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. well, yes, yeah, it's, it's actually the glare from the window. I'm oh, do you want me to sitting. like make it a little? Is that better? A little bit. Yeah, there we go. Hold on, that's hold better. On. Just yeah. the glare from the windows making Here, it hard to you, see. You pull on one of those little things, and we can we can eliminate a little oh, bit of oh. the light. <laughs> no, not pull on my thing. Oh. Not too dark. That's good. Well, that's up to you. I I really like looking out. But there we like, go. That's whatever good. you want. There, cave I like man. having a view. I cave dweller. Like- I didn't even think about the glare on your computer when I, you know, lit this up with beautiful natural light. So I paid like three hundred grand for this house. I'm gonna get a view now. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mike, being the genius of the family, deducts. Is it something somebody else did? Deducts. Yeah. Well, like deducts is like if you she, take it away. I think deduces. Deduces. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, similar uh, to seduces. Damn spell check. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, Marsha confirms yes, it's something that Greg did. Carol and Mike exchange a look as Mike says, "Oh, I get it." And you don't want to squeal on your brother, is that it? Marsha says, "No, I squeal on him, under him, in front of him." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's hot. that's hot. They're not really related. Yeah. No, no. Marcia tries to make a, a deal, asking if I tell you, will you promise not to punish him? But Carol explains um, that if they did, then it wouldn't be fair to Greg or them. Mike then reasons with Marcia, saying that um, they know she wouldn't be there unless she thought it was something um, that Greg was making a very big mistake or even hurting somebody. God, why am I losing my place? <clears throat> Marsha then confirms himself 
That's that's who he was hurting. Carol then turns on mom mode saying, in that case, I definitely think you should tell us, which I thought was kind of funny because she gets that like mom thing going on. Yeah. Anyways. Well, she's a mom. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, not Greg's mom. <laughs> Marsha finally feeling concerned. I'm sorry, cornered, explains everything that Jane and Cindy saw, then immediately feels bad about it. Carol tries to confront, com- comfort her, saying that she did the right thing, but Marcia simply asks if it's right, and how come I feel so terrible, and then leaves the room in a huff. Hmm. I like the echo. That's funny. <laughs> um, when did Marcia have time to change her outfit? I didn't know. I don't <laughs> did notice... She- I don't notice 15 year olds outfits Sorry She was wearing like this ugly dress With this really ugly blouse In the kitchen And then now she's wearing jeans Like in a turtleneck In Los Angeles (laughs) Whatever That's awesome (laughs) Did you notice that back? (laughs) Uh, I actually did Only because I saw your note And then I looked down And I was like Oh my god She did change outfits And And she runs out of the kitchen In such a hurry Like oh I'm gonna run out of the kitchen And you know Tell them tomorrow Okay. Um, <laughs> also, I, I put on here, somebody needs to tell Carol that pizza called and wants their tablecloth back. Did you see that shirt? <laughs> no, again, I don't Oh, it was horrible. That, that shirt was horrible. <laughs> nice pizza hut. That actually makes me hungry for pizza. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm, try, I'm trying to lose weight. So, like, Carol says the line here, um, well, that's not fair to Greg, is it? Dude, yeah. that's like her favorite line in this episode. I think she says like three times in this episode. Well, that's, that's not, not fair, fair to, Greg to Greg if I don't punish him. Oh, She's, yeah, totally not fair. But then she didn't punish him. She says some I genius shit in this episode. She she has throw many, so many throwaway lines that don't make any fucking sense. She'll bust out with it and you just look at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why did you say that? <laughs> it's just to fill it. Yeah, maybe they have it, it to where they don't actually give her a line. They just say, say random thing here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, once again, like, Carol, why is Carol in the den right now? Mike's trying to work. Right, And right, she's right. over there again, like, so, like, you remember when I went shopping with Marge last week? <laughs> like, I got this cute top, and he's like, cool, you know? He's, like, trying to fucking do work, <laughs> you know? And then, <laughs> that kind of bothered me. And then, secondly, like, <clears throat> I think this is the first time we finally hear Marsha's favorite, <laughs> our famous way of saying school. She says, school. Oh, I never noticed. <laughs> first, what are you talking about? That's like there's like memes out there that have school like S K E W L and it's Marsha. I, I get a feeling though that Carol bugs the shit out of everybody in this house because like Alice <laughs> is always giving her stupid shit to do like make a salad or bake a cake or something or yeah. like why don't you carry this laundry to the other side of the house? So <laughs> I know they try to get like, rid of her. We were yeah, gone over that. that. Remember yeah. how like Greg and or not Greg but Mike and uh, Alice like ping pong her around to get rid of her. <laughs> why don't you go yeah. help Alice in the kitchen I hear there's right, a yeah. salad you know yeah <clears throat> anyway <clears throat> scene eight we're in the boys room and we hear Mike ask is it true Greg Greg pauses and replies yeah I guess it is but quickly backpedals saying but it was the first time I ever smoked Greg continues explaining that he only took a few puffs and that he didn't even like it. Carol pipes in with, that doesn't make it any better. That's the genius statement I was talking about from Carol. (laughs) Greg continues explaining that he didn't even want it. He just wanted to to go along with it and be one of the guys. Mike, raising his voice a little and tells Greg, you can't do something you know is wrong just to go along with what the guy is. It's stupid. 
Greg agrees. It's not a very good excuse. Just in time for Carol to burst in with that Carol wisdom saying, I'm afraid it's no excuse. That's Mike so explains. Mike explains that eventually Greg will have to make his own decisions. But for now, Greg interrupts saying he knows that he's blown his chance to play the dance and to fix his amp. But Mike surprises Greg saying that he made a promise and he intends to keep it. Greg uh, then reasons that he must have a punishment coming. Carol explains that if Greg knows what he did was wrong, that's better than any punishment that they could think of. It wouldn't be fair to Greg, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Greg insists that he does. Mike and Carol then continue with the PSA version of the episode as Mike explains that he smoked when he was younger. Carol pipes up with, but we didn't have all the evidence that we do now. Greg stops his stops this, this by saying true. he promises yeah. not to do it anymore, and reasons that it was a dumb a dump <laughs> dumb a thing, dumb to, thing do. to do. Yeah. Uh, Mike chuckles as he says, "Yeah, we all do dumb things." Then starts saying uh, that he's done a lot of dumb things. Carol just crosses her arms, saying, "You won't get any argument from me." Mike just rolls his eyes, and you know what he's referring to, Jimmy? No. Oh, he's talking about that black lady down the street. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we have this fan theory that, that Mike really wants to have a threesome with this black chick down the street, but Carol won't let him. And there's all these little subtle hints that kind of point to it. And I don't remember <laughs> where that even came from now, but we referenced it was because it one episode the where they were like arguing or something, and it was just this, the smart-ass way that Carol was talking. And I'm like, she's acting like she's pissed because Mike asked him to do something that she didn't want to do. Yeah, but it was very specifically the reason why it was a black girl. Because she was on the episode, I thought... No, I don't think so. I think it was. I think he said something about color or something. I don't mean color. Like people with color. I mean like a color or something. <laughs> Dig the hole like, a little deeper, tech. <laughs> and I, I can't remember what it is, but anyway, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Like, yeah, we all do dumb things, and she's like, mm-hmm. And then he's like rolling his eyes, like, okay. So I suggest a threesome one time with a black <laughs> woman down the street. <laughs> But anyway, how do you guys think Mike handled the situation? I thought it was done pretty well. I I, I think this yeah, is pretty, so. pretty good. With just a, like no punishment, just a lecture. I think that's pretty good. They have a lot of faith and <clears throat> trust in their kids in this mm-hmm. show. Like they really, really trust their kids to be honest and make good decisions. And if they don't make good decisions, fess up and, and correct their, their mistakes. They kind of really put a lot on their kids to uh, to do that. I would never trust my kids that much. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think I'll be honest. I, it depends on the kid. Um, you know, like like Jake has a tendency to uh, he'll he'll hold off as long as he can before he finally say, okay, fine. You know, I did. Where Kayla, on the other hand, she's completely transparent. Yeah, Chelsea, like she'll look Chelsea's right at me more, and go, yeah, I, agree. I didn't do that. And you could tell she did. My daughter's more transparent than my son about stuff way yeah. more. So yeah, it's always Kaylin, has been. With Caitlin, I pull on the, the Mike Brady stuff, you know, like, you know, we really trust you, and I know you'd never keep anything. And then she's like, I'm sorry, you know, that kind of thing. Where with Jake, I kind of have to get the facts together. So when he says, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> you got to really? present but, the case yeah. to prosecute ahead of asking him any well, questions. You, you know, this and this and this. I can go check if you want. No, 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 that's okay. And then he'll confess to it. But yeah, for the most it. part, they confess. They don't really keep anything from him. That's good. Okay, scene nine. Hmm. Almost halfway there, Ron. All right. Oh, shit. We are now looking into the kitchen from the anti-Alice room. Anti-Alice room is the family room that Alice ain't allowed to go in. 
<laughs> That's why she got her stereo so that, okay, now she has claim in the room, so now she can go in it. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. We are now looking into the kitchen from the anti-Alice room. We see Alice in the distance doing dishes as Carol uses the strange box thing with a wire that you put up to your ear and talk into. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's weird, yeah. Carol is explaining to Alice. Are you talking about a phone, going, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's going to call <laughs> Mrs. Johnston to join an anti-smoking committee. She also says that until something hits home, you never really do anything about it. Hmm. This is Which true. is kind of true, yeah. When Mrs. Johnson picks up the phone, her and Carol begin talking about Carol joining the anti-smoking group as Carol asks if Mrs. Johnson could use any more help. Mrs. John, is it Johnson or Johnston? It's Johnston, right? don't remember. I don't remember. I thought it was. I'm going to say Mrs. Johnston because I think that's what I it thought was. it was Johnson, no T. Really? That's what it sounded like to me. Okay. Hey, that was a poem. Oh. Huh? That was a poem. <laughs> oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> like an old man. When Mrs. Johnson picks up the phone, um, her and Carol begin talking about Carol joining the anti-smoking group as Carol asks if Mrs. Johnson could use any more help. Mrs. Johnson gladly, gladly accepts Carol's offer, saying that um, they still have a smoking problem at the high school. When Carol asks when they meet, Mrs. Johnson tells her on Fridays, but they're not going to meet this week because the person whose house it was going to be at has come down with the flu. It is then that Carol offers to have the meeting at the Brady house. Just then, we hear drumming coming from Mrs. Johnson's house as Mrs. Johnson yells out, Tommy, can you please wait until I'm off the phone? That sounded just like my mom when she did that, by the way. Like, that reminded me of my mom a lot. Amy! Then, a, <laughs> then apologizes to Carol, saying, I'm sorry, my son was practicing. Carol says it's okay, pointing out that Greg is joining Tommy's group and that Greg says that they're far out and really heavy. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson joins in, in the fun of cool. making fun of their sons. Yeah. Saying, Tommy says uh, they really know where their heads are at. Carol adds one last mock, saying, Right on, man. See you this Friday. <laughs> but cool. before hanging up, Mrs. Johnson offers to drop some reading material off and pamphlets tomorrow for Carol to read. Carol agrees as she hangs up the phone. Alice asks, Are they about Jehovah? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alice asks if tea and cakes will be enough for the meeting. Carol confirms that it will be. Is, Alice, it, is the meeting in London? Tea and crumpets, ma'am. Um, Alice then gives Carol a stern warning to tell her that the women tell the women that she'll be watching, and that if she finds one dirty ashtray. Why do they have ashtrays in the house? Yeah, I was going to say, why are there clean ashtrays? Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, once again, Alice is telling Kara how she needs to run her meeting in her house. You know, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. So so this is the first time that uh, Carol is, becomes an activist. And so this was actually requested by Floho herself, Florence Henderson. She suggested to Sherwood Schwartz, you know, she's like, well, since my character doesn't work or has a job, <laughs> is so there my something that I'm making like fucking salads and cakes all the time? Can <laughs> right. I do something? So she actually requested like, how about Carol is like an activist and gets involved Makes in sense. things. And so they, they thought that was a good idea. And uh, I wish so, she can bug somebody else other than Mike. And <laughs> right. She has something to do yeah. other than staying with Mike as he works. <laughs> staying with Alice as she cooks, you know, it's like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, this is where we take our next break, Ron. All right. Heck yeah. So Greg is going to be a rock star with the slimy bananas or banana hammocks or whatever they're called. (laughs) (laughs) The banana convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Marsha just couldn't resist any more and had to tell Greg. Tell on Greg. She hasn't told Greg yet. Huh? Tell on Greg. Tell on Greg. Sorry. Will Greg and Marsha's love ever be the same? And will (laughs) Greg be a hit at the big gig? We'll find out. It's going to be a gas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about this, man. It seems wrong. Dude, don't even worry about it. I mean, I've got it all figured out. We'll have him back before John and Brent even know he's gone. Everything's going to be okay. All right, man? Let's just start the promo and get it over with. What are you two jackasses doing? The Inhuman Experience is a weekly, not-so-typical paranormal nerdcast where we attempt to explore the strange and the unexplained. And we borrowed Conspiracy Bot in the hopes that some of that Hysteria 51 juju would rub off on us. But boy, were we mistaken. I thought nerds were smart. You guys are two of the dumbest meat sacks I've ever had the displeasure of conversing with. See? That's why I don't like robots. Racist. I will poke out your good eye. Blades, get him. Listen, my name is Bobby Anthem. His name is Bobby Blades. We are the Inhuman Experience. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I don't know, Commodore 64, Easy Bake Oven, pretty much wherever you're hearing this right now. Whatever. I can't believe John and Brent let these two jackasses on fourth hand. And we are back. That was a good break. It was. That was a good break. Did you very restful? Did Did you pee? No, I did not. Did you pee? I didn't go to the bathroom, but I did pee. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. No, I thought I smelled something. I took a smoke break. <laughs> no, I didn't. Noise. I'm telling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna go tell. I'm gonna go tell my wife. <laughs> so wait, I, I have to tell someone else first, though, right? What's that? I'll tell Jimmy first. You're okay. older than me. Okay. Yeah. And then Jimmy, you go tell my wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a yeah. chain of command. Chain there? of command. That. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, Ron, you had had some information you had looked up, correct? Yeah, I was just curious. Um, we get like that, too. Like, I get curious and I look up really strange stuff on here, like what kind of car Mike drives and all that well, kind of weird I'm, stuff. I'm always curious in tech noses from when I've been on the show previously. I always like to see how the storylines and things might relate to what was going on oh, in the world at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I was curious to see, well, cigarette smoke because you remember Carol mentioned well you know didn't have all the information that yeah. they have now right. that actually that information actually was fairly recent um, hmm. <clears throat> the first warning from the Surgeon General about the health hazards of cigarettes was released publicly in 1964 which was only hmm. seven years before yeah. the show episode aired yeah, yeah. and they had actually just banned um, cigarette ads on the radio and television that oh, wow. year in 1971, the year I believe the show was um, was released. So this episode was same, fairly current, like with oh that yeah, topic. very current with the time. They, wow. Yeah, it was just kind of a newer thing. Uh, talking about cigarette smoking being bad for you, etc. Interesting. Know, had had uh, mm-hmm. 
had the Brady Bunch been filmed, you know, had this show been filmed eight or nine years earlier, this show probably, this episode wouldn't have existed because huh. it wouldn't have been something they talked about. Very interesting. Yeah. I wonder how they got past showing a pack of cigarettes on TV. Oh, because that's not considered advertising. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's true. Art, you know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, true. it wasn't. they just weren't allowed to advertise it in... Um, I mean, people were still smoking in movies, smoking in television. Yeah. It wasn't like they were hiding it. Um, I mean, you've, gosh, we, I mean, we've seen movie after movie. Yeah. People smoke. People are still smoking in that's movies true, yeah. and television yeah, true, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, movies. Yeah, no. like back in the fifties or sixties, you watch shows like everybody's smoking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like five year kids smoking and stuff. Like, yeah, like now, <laughs> like if you have a, a sitcom, a network show, or something like that. I don't mean like a drama or like a sick, like a sitcom. Like nobody smokes, and if they did, it's like it's the whole point of the episode is them telling him not to smoke. You know, that or it's really hard to find some. Yeah, I, I think there, yeah. there was a Friends episode one there, and you would know this better than me, Tack. Wasn't there a Friends episode where um, Rachel? started smoking because she I think it was friends where she would have to go out yeah. and smoke with because her boss and yeah, somebody yeah. else was out there uh, smoking and she felt like she was missing out and yeah. missing out on promotions and yeah, yeah, good yeah. stuff because she's not out there smoking she was she was out there trying to pretend to smoke you know? yeah and there so, was also an episode like Chandler would like picked up smoking again and they all like shamed him for it and like made him quit and all that yeah yes that's right I remember that's funny yep yeah, so yeah I mean I mean smoking is still in and out of shows even today but generally it'll be about just some kind of you know mm -hmm. somebody lights it up after a, a good lay or something in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and that's about it yeah this just your general character who's sitting there smoking anymore didn't snyder smoke in uh, one day at a time the uh <laughs> yeah, I right. yeah, yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure he was yeah. a big smoker yeah, I remember that. And then, of course, like you were saying, Tech, back in the day, you know, Humphrey Bogart, Clark Gable, those guys always had a cigarette in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, Andy back Griffith. then, and it was considered cool, you know. Yeah, Andy Griffith, he smoked it on the show. Not all the time, but every once in a while, you catch him yeah, on cigarette. Yeah, he did. Yeah, back then, because a lot of those shows were released before there was any warnings from the Surgeon General <clears throat> about smoking. People didn't even really yeah. realize that they were killing themselves with smoking. Or any TV show from uh, World War II, any TV show or movie. Fucking everybody smokes. Yeah, they were all the <laughs> military was smoking. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to add that little bit of you know information as far as how it related to the time of the release of the show, which was yeah. that release of the show. If you think about it, it was forty nine years ago. Well, it's interesting. That's crazy. You don't think of the Brady Bunch being topical or current. You know what I mean? Like it, it kind of paints it in, in this episode in kind of a new light. You well, know? well, I encourage anybody who didn't who was listening to this but didn't start at the beginning to definitely mm -hmm. go listen to my opinion on why the show even exists in episode oh yeah, yeah, I agree, the, yeah the politics of the time yeah, and the true. how this was kind of the the anti to what was going on in the world as the world was becoming more and more liberal mm -hmm. they just somebody decided well we need something to kind of battle that so let's do something super conservative yeah, makes sense but yet still modern with the blended family mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. that's i believe the reason why the show even existed makes sense yeah. <laughs> okay when we left off greg was caught smoking and marcia told on him now, Carol is joining an anti-smoking committee with another mother of the boy that gave Greg the cigarettes. Mm. Brother from another mother. Oh, shit. Whatever will happen. Let's find out. Let's get back into this. All right. So, scene 10, we find Greg sitting in the boys' room at his desk. He's listening to a real-to-real -real recording of himself singing a song and seemingly 
cr critiquing himself when Marsha pokes her head in asking if they could talk. <clears throat> so I can totally relate to this because I record my vocals all the time and I listen to like playback and I'm like, okay, that part sucked. I got to redo that. And, you know, so I can, I was watching it going, hell yeah, I do that all the time. Honestly, I thought it was just like a throwaway scene. Like they needed Greg to do something. <laughs> yeah. I never thought that this was something that actually people actually do. I thought it was just. <laughs> Greg People just, don't actually do that. Well, I thought I Greg was just being time. arrogant, like listening to himself. Like, no, it's like it's like watching a game footage. You know, like, oh, I could have done that play better. You know, kind of yeah. thing. Anyway, so Greg enthusiastically says to come in. Oh, come in, shut the door. Go ahead, take your shirt off. Uh, Greg then <laughs> notices that Marsha is in trouble. Is troubled and asks if something is wrong. Marsha begins telling Greg that she did a terrible thing. Greg comes back with. Well, if you did, if you did it, it's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you did it, it's not that bad. That sounds kind of like a put down a little bit. Well, if you did it, it can't be that bad. This whole scene plays out like a porn. I'm sorry, but. No, no. It, we're, it really we're getting does. there. We are yeah. getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marsha getting upset <clears throat> says, saying that Greg is going to think it's just awful. But Greg <laughs> assures her that whatever it is. She can rely on him to help. Hell yeah. Marsha then tells Greg what she did um, and that she did it to him. And that she needs to be spanked. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> la Greg laughing says, and how come I don't know about it? Marsha looking miserable tells Greg that he knows about it all right and that she is the snitch that told on him. After Greg says, thanks a lot, Marsha, she turns to leave, saying, you probably never want to talk to me again. Greg stops her. Marsha mm -hmm. asking in surprise, so you're not mad? <laughs> Greg confirms, saying, of course I'm mad. And goes on to ask why Marsha didn't, didn't come, to, come to Greg. <laughs> and goes on to ask why Marsha didn't come to Greg first. Why didn't you come to me first? <laughs> Marsha calls him out saying that Greg would have told her to mind her own business. Greg laughs and laughs. And surprise and agrees that the knife between us two. <laughs> yeah, right? Is exactly what he would have said. Marsha assures Greg that she only did it because she thought she thought it as for sorry. She thought it as for to know to say the cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> Marsha assures Greg that she she only did it because it was for his own good. <laughs> you should read erotica like for audiobooks, yeah, right, yeah. Tack. I'm I'm like like getting a chub right here just listening right? to you say the scene. It gets better. It gets better. But like, did you notice at this point, like Greg really like kind of softly goes, "I know." <laughs> and do you expect him to like lean in and start like making out with her or something? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't expect really it. it. You wanted exactly. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> was for sure like. That he was going to kiss her, like yeah, yeah, you seriously. couldn't have set it up any better than this. Right. Like this was a love scene. Like, I, yeah, you know. So Marsha then asks if <laughs> if he got punished. <laughs> Did you get punished? And Greg <laughs> says, <laughs> Greg says no, and surprised, saying they didn't even punish him at all. Marsha jealously tells Greg if she would have been there. serious enough. <laughs> Marsha jealously tells Greg if she would have been in their place, she would have given it to Greg. Too. <laughs> That's exactly what she says. 
Greg smiles. Meanwhile, by the way, they're both like standing next to the bunk bed with each of them have an arm on the bunk, yeah. top bunk. Greg smiles and says he's lucky he was born when he was. Otherwise, Marsha would be his mother instead of his sister. What the fuck was that? That was the weirdest one, way to end well, it. Once again, why the hell are they acting like they're all biological? They kind of do it in this scene, too. It's kind of irritating. <clears throat> okay. hmm. Scene 11. <laughs> I, I for sure thought he was going to fuck her right there. Yeah, I think I, I thought for sure that Marsha was going to start smoking, too. But <laughs> <laughs> Scene 11. As we fade in, we see a close-up of an anti-smoking flyer. As we zoom out, what's that? What? The picture on that thing just... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. As we zoom out, we <clears throat> see anti-smoking literature sitting on the coffee table. We then see Carol talking to Mrs. Johnston, Johnson, Johnston, whatever, saying she'll be sure to read all the, the pamphlets. As Carol walks her to the front door, Greg walks in with his cool guy jacket on and greets mm-hmm. Carol and Mrs. Johnson. When he's asked if he's seen Tommy... Greg tells her that he saw him about 10 minutes ago and that he was heading, heading on a, that he was on his way home. When Greg throws his jacket on the chair, Carol calls him out saying that the chair is for sitting and the jacket goes in the closet. When Greg picks up his jacket, a pack of cigarettes falls onto the floor dun, dun, dun. right in front of Carol and Mrs. Johnson. Mm. Greg looks in shock as she simply says, Greg? See that shit? Uh, right? <laughs> Carol, looked. Like, she had a look on her face like she wanted to like backhand him like in front of Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> I thought she was like showing off and like in front of Mrs. Johnson. Yeah. Now, Greg, <laughs> you know that doesn't go there. Sorry. You know you need to hang your jacket up. And he's like, I know, yeah. mom. Like, you, you scooch, you. Like, and he never hangs it up. Butt. Like, even at the end, when Alice, when they're like, "Hang up your," he just picks up a jacket and brings it to his room and like throws it in his room. So I feel like there was bigger fish to fry at that point with the whole packet of cigarette thing. That's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if a packet of cigarettes fell out of my own jacket right now in my house, there would probably be hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. Like uh, my 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 wife would be like, "What the hell is this? You smoke." <laughs> Jesus, you smoke too? I'm sorry. Yeah. What, Marty, you're <laughs> starting to sound just like my mother. Right, what do you think would have happened if, if weed would have fell out of his pocket instead of a pack of cigarettes? How do you think it would have changed? Oh, thanks for picking up that oregano yeah. for Alice yeah, at the yeah, store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all would have been really high after dinner that night. <laughs> <laughs> they would have ate a lot of dessert. That's probably what would have happened. <laughs> Scene 12. After a short commercial break, we see Carol walk over and pick them up. She stands sternly and simply says, well, Greg, she is like, (laughs) she started with Greg. Now it's, well, Greg. When Greg (laughs) tries to say they're not his, Mrs. Johnson pulls an Alice saying, but they fell out of your pocket, Greg. Carol tries to meet Greg halfway, kind of giving him an out, you know, well, were you keeping them for someone else? (laughs) Greg simply says no, and she's like, "Jesus Christ!" Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you out here. You got to give me something. <laughs> when Carol asks how they got there, Greg insists that he doesn't know, and they're not his. Carol, showing trust, says that she believes him. Mrs. Johnson 
then decides Carol needs to, needs to help parenting or needs a parent herself by pointing out that if Carol <laughs> refuses to open her eyes, then she's doing exactly what the committee is trying to prevent. Carol thinks for a second, finally telling her that maybe she's the wrong person for the committee. Mrs. Johnston begins telling Carol that she would love to work with her, but if she can't admit that her own son is smoking, but gets cut off by Greg insisting once again that they're not his. Carol, siding with Greg, sides with her son. Mrs. Johnston finally leaves in a huff. <laughs> and what a bitch. Which one? Mrs. Johnson Mrs. or Carol? Mrs. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. What a bitch. Anyway. Did you did you notice that Greg's hair looked totally different in this scene than any other scene in the show? No, no. It looked like he had some kind of weird perm thing going on. <laughs> maybe his hair's getting a little longer, maybe? I don't know. Maybe and, and why is Mrs. Johnson dressed like it's snowing outside? Like she's wearing this big like <laughs> like wool overcoat. You that I did that? notice. Yeah. yeah, I did notice she dressed like she was dressed like it. <laughs> I guess it must have been cooler. I mean he was wearing a jacket too. So Yeah, well that, yeah, but she's even wearing a scarf. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Well, scarves were hip <laughs> back in the early 70s. Like, no. guys wearing scarves was a big thing back in the 70s. Scene one, man, Carol was rocking some scarves big time. Like, mm. she had some awesome ones going on. Season one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Greg also, he's in a rock band. Hello. So he's going to grow That's his true. hair out a little bit. He's like a metal guy. A long haired yeah. hippie. Because we know how much metal <laughs> guys get perms. <laughs> <laughs> they did like in the 70s and 80s not metal guys but like Foreigner those guys yeah, were all permed yeah, out true, and yeah. Air Supply holy <laughs> crap they were all permed out and lots of hairspray <laughs> that was the 80s yeah, yeah 70s right, yeah. were the perms and then as you got into the mid to late 80s the rock bands started big time the yeah. hair bands and I think in the 90s they started shaving their heads and stuff right yeah, they started going grunge yeah. and the 90s were different everybody just kind of broke off into their own thing yeah, yeah. yeah. So after a long walk to the couch, so long that they needed music, apparently Greg and Carol <laughs> sit. Greg finally asks, do you really believe me, Mom? Carol simply says, yes. Greg then asks if it's because she believes him or because he's her son. She says it's because she believes him. Greg admits that if he was in her shoes, he wouldn't believe him. But Carol assures him that when he's a parent, he'll understand. Greg then wonders if Mike will believe him. So at this point when I was watching this, I had this thought, like, I love the relationship that Mike and Greg have compared to Greg and Carol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Mike just kind of like, I don't know, he somehow, he somehow disarms the kids, particularly the boys, well, particularly Greg. He somehow disarms them and just like talks to them like, I don't know, on an even level. It's weird. You know what I mean? Hmm. I know it's just a show, but. Well, they, Mike and Greg. Show. <laughs> Mike and Greg do have some really good scenes together, which we've they commented do, yeah. on. They've had a couple of really good scenes together. They seem to work well as actors together. So, yeah, I don't know if that's what you meant, but scene thirteen. Now in Mike's den, we see Greg talking to Mike. Mike unquestionably says, "Yes, I believe you." Then goes back to work. Greg looks puzzled, finally saying, "Okay, Dad, thanks." Mike, sensing something is wrong, stops Greg by bringing him back and asking what's bugging him. Greg admits that what's bothering him is how they got into his jacket. But Mike, sensing something is still wrong, reminds Greg that they have a rule in this family, and that's to lay it all on the table, which is the hmm. first time I remember this rule being talked about. But hmm. <clears throat> Greg finally opens up saying, 
that he got caught with something that looks pretty bad, but neither of his parents think he's guilty. Mike laughs and says so. Greg continues asking that, how can they be so sure? Mike begins explaining to Greg um, that Greg has indeed done some things that he don't like, but he's never lied to him. Greg agrees that no, he hasn't. Mike goes on to explain that he doesn't see any reason to think he would, uh, that this would be the first time. But Mike does agree that he doesn't understand how they got in Greg's jacket. Greg agrees and insists that he's going to find out who did it. Mm. Mm. Some of these notes got mixed up. So, like, oh, I, I did see that. Now, I, I was going to move it yeah. for you, but I didn't know, like, you know. So you're right about the Brady rule. If there's a problem, you lay it all on the table. I noticed that. I was like, huh, this is our first Brady rule that we're hearing. Yeah, right. So, And th- this is where um, I love the relationship between Mike and Greg. <laughs> that's where that's supposed mm-hmm. to be. <clears throat> oh, so scene 14, Greg is now walking through the backyard again with his cool guy jacket on when he stopped when he stopped by Bobby. Bobby begins telling Greg that he thinks he has it all figured out. Greg, excited at the thought that somehow an eight-year-old is figuring out what him and his parents parents couldn't figure out, excitedly says, yeah. Bobby starts by asking if Greg has any enemies. Greg, Greg supposes he does, stating everyone has enemies, and... My first thought there was like, Greg has enemies. Yeah, like, why would if yeah, somebody I mean, asked me? Like, I was really enemies? confused by yeah. that. Like enemies, like, like you know, I don't have boys any enemies. ass. I kicked the other day. Like, okay, <laughs> no. yeah, I thought that was odd. Like yeah. enemies, I was like, you know, strange. <laughs> Are you like doing your boys' girls and now they hate you? Like, what's going on here? Greg was a player and he's like fucking all these girls at work. Exactly. Well, you got the Smitty brothers down the street and they're always trying, always trying <laughs> yeah, to rub see? me out. <laughs> Tony Tulips down the way. Yeah, I think he's my enemy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Bobby then goes on to explain that one of his enemies probably did it to get Greg in trouble, to get, quote, rubbed out, which is like the second huh. reference that Bobby's yeah, right. used to rub well, out. Well, Bobby has discovered himself in this episode, so that's cool. Did you get rubbed <laughs> off? I mean, rubbed out. <laughs> <laughs> Once hearing this, Greg disagrees, saying it's dumb. When Bobby says they're trying to get Greg kicked off the basketball team, Greg reminds Bobby that he's not even on the basketball team. Bobby, looking disappointed that his idea didn't work, simply says, oh, as Greg walks away with Bobby following. Why do they have so much damn lawn furniture? <laughs> the whole porch is just filled with lawn furniture. Well, they got a lot but of kids, got, so. But they got a table with four chairs at it. Then they have two extra chairs, and they have like two or three of those reclining chairs, all on like a little small little patio like porch. <laughs> they don't even have a pool. I, I have nothing to add. I, I have no idea. <clears throat> Maybe they got the lawn furniture first and the pool come later. Maybe. I don't know. But that just struck me. I'm like, why the hell do you need so much lawn furniture? All right. Scene 15. The girls are now sitting in the anti-Alice room as Greg paces back and forth, trying to think of how those pesky cigarettes got into his cool guy jacket pocket. Hmm. Cindy suddenly raises her hand as if she's in school. Greg, Mm -hmm. looking excited, says, Yes, Cindy? Cindy busts out with, Maybe it was magic. Maybe. (laughs) Greg shakes his head with a look that says, Thank God you're cute. (laughs) As we fade to black. (sighs) Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. (laughs) What a moron! 
Alright, scene 16. <clears throat> now it's nighttime, and at the Brady residence, we see the boys fast asleep, except for Greg, who is awake, tossing and turning. He finally turns off his light and rolls over to go to sleep. Just then, Peter wakes up and rushes to turn the light on, yelling, I've got it! I've got it! When Greg asks what the fuck he's talking about, Peter asks, <laughs> did, he look inside the did he look inside the pack of cigarettes? When Greg confirms he didn't, Peter begins saying that it probably has a secret microfilm inside of it, and they always have that in spy movies. Greg replies by throwing a pillow at Peter's face. When Bobby sides with Peter, saying, Sounded good to me, Pete. He's rewarded with a pillow to his face. I thought it was funny that Bobby steals the pillow. <laughs> like Bobby doesn't throw it back to Greg, <laughs> yeah. and Greg yeah. is forced to like lay down. With yeah, and he just like, he doesn't even go up and <laughs> yeah. and and yeah, he, what? So he didn't he put it down below to his yeah. yeah, and then he just keeps it and he's like, oh cool, two cool, pillows, two now. pillows. Now nice. Greg's like, oh, I don't have a pillow, <laughs> cool. and just like turns over and like lays down, uses his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really dumb. I had no other <laughs> words for it besides it was dumb. Well, another thing I noticed was Greg's curtains are closed when he's laying there. Yeah, when he turns off the light, blue light comes in through the window as if like the, there's a full moon or something. Where the hell's that mm -hmm. light coming from? <laughs> the, through the, the curtains? I the know. set? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> Scene 17. Now in the kitchen, we see Alice grabbing cookies. Sorry, there's a spell check. You see Co Alice grab-assing in the kitchen? Yeah, right? Grab-assing in the kitchen? Um... <clears throat> Grabbing cookies out of the cookie jar for Greg, who's sitting at the table who with a mostly me? drank glass of milk. What's that? Who, me? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. I haven't thought of that in years. <clears throat> Greg is explaining to Alice that he still doesn't understand how those cigarettes got in his jacket pocket. Alice then gives Greg the advice that he himself advocated back in season one, episode 25, Lost Locket, Found Locket. Mm. And that's to reconstruct the scene. Mm-hmm. Alice claims she got the idea from watching TV. Greg, Greg begins to contemplate reconstructing the crime as if he wasn't the first one to come up with it, this idea, like, months ago. <clears throat> right. Him and Alice begin re retracing Greg's steps, starting with what the first thing he did that day. Greg re begins with riding his bike to school, puts his jacket in his locker, and went to all the classes. Alice asking logical questions like, did you loan your jacket, your locket key to anyone? Greg says no. When Alice asks if anyone else has a key to it, Greg suspiciously says, the boy's vice principal has a master key. Mm. Alice says, uh, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, asking what he did after school. Greg tells her that he went to, pra he went to practice with the group for the dance. Alice, seeing <clears throat> what happened, begins saying, now we're getting someplace. Greg begins telling Alice that uh, there was no one there except for the guys in the group, insisting that they wouldn't do that to him. They continue as Alice confirms after, uh, after, that, after that, he stopped by the, ma the malt shop. What's a malt shop? <laughs> is, that like a, is that like a milkshake shop or something? What's a, what's a malt yeah. shop? Yeah, I mean, that's what they did. You had the malt <clears throat> shop back in the day. That was the hangout. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, it's like a burger joint, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. Well, like I have a note in here about that. It's like Greg went to the malt shop. Yeah. What was that right after him and Kitty went to the sock op and did the backseat? Is that like, like to malt meal? liquor? That kind of stuff? Like um, beer? Mo fucking malt liquor? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Greg confirms that's what he did, Alice said he hung up his jacket. Alice said that? Alice said he hung his jacket up, then begins to continue dismissing it. That doesn't make sense. Anyways, when <laughs> when Greg questions it, he is reminded that he never hangs up anything. Greg, feeling defeated, gives up, saying that it's no use and that everything um, points to him, even if he's not guilty. Alice then begins using complicated legal terms to explain circumstantial evidence to Greg. When Greg asks what it all meant, Alice admits that she has no idea, but it helped some poor guy on TV last night. Greg smiles and thanks Alice for, for trying to help. He gets up and begins to go to his room. Alice stops him, reminding him to hang up his jacket. Hmm. Alice then stops saying, on second thought, don't hang it up. When Greg asks why not, Alice busts out with, it's not your jacket. Uh-huh. 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 Nero, my God, to thee. Uh-huh. When, <laughs> when Greg asks what she means, Alice remembers sewing the lining of it, and now it's not there. Alice then deduces, yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. deducts, <laughs> deducts <laughs> that whoever's jacket that is, the cigarettes are his too. Greg hmm. excitedly tells Alice that she's a genius. Alice disagrees with genius, but names herself chief of detectives as the doorbell rings. Greg runs off to get the door. Alice sits at the table eating cookies, proud of herself. Mm. So, way to waste milk, Greg. So she poured him a whole Actually, glass of milk. it was mostly drank. Huh? It was mostly drank. Oh, it was? Yeah, that's one of the first things I said, like Greg saying at the table, the mostly drank glass of milk. <clears throat> yeah, I thought he only I took like one too. sip and then left. Wow. Well, they may have, it <clears throat> might have been that movie magic where it somehow refills itself halfway through the scene. Oh, and then what's a boy's vice principal? Um, I think because back then they had corporal punishment, like kids got spanked. And right. I think male teachers weren't allowed to spank female students. So they had a boys and a girls vice principal. Dude, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Dude, in high school, and perv freaking deans <laughs> being there spanking the hot girls yeah, every exactly. day. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you've been bad. Hell yeah. Once you sit got, across remember the that? Lap. Remember when we were in middle school? Because we all went to the same middle school. Yeah, remember yeah. that our dean had that paddle? Um, I forget what her name was. She had that paddle that had three holes in it. So oh, that yeah, I remember could that. whip yeah, through yeah. the air faster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was some shit right What was there. her name? Um, Pat something? Yeah. This is, <laughs> I can't it's so funny because I wanted to call her Pat, too, because she looked very, like... Because <laughs> she looked, like, like Pat from Saturday Night <laughs> A little bit. Ew, <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm. <laughs> What's Pat short for? Um, Pat. Patricia. <laughs> no, it was Pat. <laughs> it's my nice. little joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, scene awesome. eighteen. Greg opens the front door to find Tommy standing outside holding Greg's jacket. He spots his, saying, "Oh, there it is." When Greg asks if the jacket was his, Tommy tells him yes, and that he knew it was Greg's by the test test paper he found in the pocket. Greg then confronts him, asking, guess what I found in yours? A pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Tommy shows no sympathy, simply saying, 
Oh, ow, man. Oh, wow, man, I'm glad my mom didn't find out. When Greg tells him that his mom did, Greg tells him that his mom did. Tommy see, seems to want to brush it under the rug, saying his mother is outside and that they'll just straighten it out later. I gotta go. Greg declines the offer, saying they'll straighten it out right now as he leaves the front door open and pulls Tommy inside. Like, he grabs him by both hands. He does, and yeah. Like, he, like, fucking manhandles him. He's like, get your fucking... Out. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny, where he's like, guess what I found in your pocket? A pack of cigarettes. And Tommy's <laughs> like, well, Tommy. yeah, I fucking offered you one at school. Like, he knew I had him. Like, <laughs> why, why are you so surprised? Like... Nice. Exactly. <laughs> Greg, keeping both hands on Tommy, yells for his mom. Mom, dad. Mommy. Come down. Mommy. Tommy tries to get away, saying all he wanted was his jacket. But Greg insists he's not getting it until he tells Greg's parents that the cigarettes were his and not Greg's. Just then, Carol and Mike enter, politely saying hi to Tommy. Tommy nervously says, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Brady. And eventually begins telling Carol and Mike that the cigarettes weren't Greg's, that they were his. Carol busts out with her last bit of wisdom, saying, that explains a lot. As Tommy asks <laughs> if they have to tell his mother about this. Uh, when Mike tries to pull a Brady family moment on Tommy by asking what he thinks. <clears throat> it fails as Tommy says, if you knew how mad my mom would get, you'd try something else. Carol then tries asking if he thinks it's fair to Greg. And there it is again. Is that fair to Greg? (laughs) What? Tommy simply says no and that her mom can't punish Greg. Like, he brings up a good point. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that matter? Like, he spanks him sometimes when he comes over, but that's not punishment. (laughs) That's something totally different. (laughs) When he lays it on, when he lays on the table. Exactly. (laughs) Lay on the table and get your spanking. Who's the bad smoker? (laughs) You're naughty. You're naughty. Greg taking the high road just says that he doesn't want to get Tommy in trouble and asking if he can just forget about it. Mike again, tries his typical Brady mind games on, on, Sorry, I lost my place. Mike again tries his typical Brady mind games on him, asking if Greg thinks he should forget about it when suddenly Tommy's mom and Mrs. Johnson walks through the front. Sorry, screwed that up. (laughs) His mom and Mrs. Johnson? Wow, that's weird. (laughs) So they both walk in (laughs) through the front door because it's open. She begins by greeting Carol and Mike and explaining she came in to see what was taking so long. They have to go pick up Mr. Johnson at the airport, and if he has to wait too long, he'll be very upset. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy begins telling his mom what happened, or what happened, warning her that Mr. Johnson is going to get upset anyway, and tells her the cigarettes that she thought were Greg's were actually his. He goes on to explain that they switched jackets by mistake. Mr. Johnson... Mrs. Johnson immediately apologizes to Greg, who quickly accepts, saying, Yes, ma'am. Finally, Carol pipes up to Mrs. Johnson, asking, How about next Friday? Mrs. Johnson, understanding what Carol is asking, agrees to next Friday. Carol fucking loved doing that she shit. Did, didn't she did, she? She was fucking shit, loving yeah. it. She, like, she probably yeah. took Mike immediately Your upstairs face. and, like, fucked him, was like, hey, Dude. Well, 
why does Miss Why does Carol look like the young, hot blonde, and Miss Johnson look like <laughs> someone's grandma? That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like when they both have kids the same exact age. Yeah, I definitely noticed that Miss Johnson just looked like like the difference between uh, was it Glinda? What What was the Wicked Witch of the North? <laughs> Glinda, Glinda, yeah. and then the Wicked Witch of the West. Elsewhere, oh, sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Broadway. Never mind. Yeah, um, yeah. like like the two, the two or sisters. Yeah, yeah. they looked like they <laughs> yeah. were like one was the mom and the other was the daughter. She almost looked like the mom from a movie called Flowers in the Attic. I don't know if she you guys looked ever like seen the mom from a movie called a whole bunch of fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's they made her look like the typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older, Fried tomatoes. That lady. super yeah. conservative, <laughs> boring. 55 year old mom Like she's gonna go home And hobble Tommy <laughs> From uh What's that movie Um uh, where, the, where she She keeps a writer captive On a bed And she ends up like Breaking his ankles Oh Ooh, Misery um, Misery Yeah Misery Yeah that's who she looked hey, like yeah. And Misery was a book Written by Uh I don't know Stephen, Stephen King? King Oh I don't know yeah. <clears throat> That's cool <laughs> But Carol was fucking She got her fucking jollies then she Oh was she like, loved oh, that God. shit She was like That's right up there With being yeah, able to gossip dude. About shit yeah, she fucking rode the shit out of Mike after that. <laughs> she was like, oh, tell me how Mrs. Johnson was wrong. Tell me. She probably got off Would right you- then standing there. <laughs> I know I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before Tommy, before leaving, Tommy asked if they could talk about this <clears throat> before they pick up his dad. She warns Tommy that, oh, they're going to talk about it before and after they pick oh, up shit. Mr. Johnson. Greg begins walking upstairs. Oh, then they leave. So Greg begins walking upstairs, but not before he is told once again to hang up his... Everybody, hang up your jacket. jacket. Is it just me or did Tommy kind of act like he was high? I didn't catch that. high on cigarettes. had a lot of carcinogens. My daughter pointed that out. She goes, he's acting high. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, he wasn't acting like that earlier in the scenes. I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's kind of acting different. Okay, scene 19. Finally, we see scene. <laughs> we see Mike and Carol in bed, mm. yeah. like super close to each other too. Hell like they're, yeah, they're sitting there reading or whatever, and they're like shoulder. Yeah. I think shoulder. this ain't no Dick Van Dyke show. They're together. That's oh right. shit! I think Carol was smoking because she just got done <laughs> fucking shit out of Mike because of that. <laughs> <clears throat> so we see Carol and Mike in bed when Greg walks in wearing some ridiculous shirt. <laughs> With a butterfly <laughs> collar and fringes across the stomach. 1971. Yeah, right? I get a feeling yeah, that, was, like, that was his shirt. It was 1971. Like, he had like the <laughs> beaded dangly things from the yeah. arms. like Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the big old collars and stuff. Think about that. Uh, Saturday Night Fever was about to come yeah, out. Yeah, like yeah. That was hot right there. I don't think that was the show's shirt. I think that was... That just was his own his personal shirt. Yeah, I think that was his shirt. He just showed up. <laughs> got he got there late and yeah. just wore his clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Carol asks asks how the dance went, Greg says Here it was go. kind of a kicky blast. The guys really got it all together and really wailed and bent that gig out of shape. Mm. Far out. <laughs> Carol, confused at this mumbo jumbo, states that kids really have a language all their own. Mike agrees that they do. And says that they do too as he growls wow. and starts kissing on Carol. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, where is Greg's amp? Like, did he just fucking leave it at the, at the, the dance? <laughs> like, he has his guitar. At the enchantment under the sea dance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was the enchantment, enchantment under the sea dance. 
the fish <laughs> under the sea dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is our first episode where one of the kids comes into the room in the last scene. You know, that's like a famous yeah. trope, you know. And I think it's the first time this happens. Um, hmm. Also, the way Greg is dressed and him being like a little rock star. This is our first glimpse at Johnny Bravo. Oh, if you remember, yeah. it doesn't come till later seasons where Greg gets like a record deal and he's like a singer yeah, and yeah. becomes the character Johnny Bravo. And, right. Uh, yeah, I so. thought you meant Johnny Bravo like the cartoon on Cartoon Network. <laughs> no, he starts working out and that's the end of the episode. All right. Bron's like, yay! This was fun. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. Almost as much fun as having to watch this. So you guys were fun. Seven the in the morning, I'm watching, I'm watching Brady Bunch. <laughs> so is you are you still like not impressed with the Brady Bunch after watching no, this episode? No. no, I never will be. Sorry. <laughs> no offense. It's just way too conservative for my taste. This only we'll feeds into that. This doesn't make it better. Yeah, well, that's fine. We only well, do t- this podcast for the money. <laughs> we hate the show, too. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, t- I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, because I said way back on one of those episodes you were on, I had mentioned this episode, and you're like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'll have you back on that episode. And sure enough, here you are. Boom. This was the one you picked, right? Like Mike Brady, we keep our word. That's right. And, you know, Brady rule number seven. Now you leave that shit on the table. That's right. You have a problem, you lay it on the table. That's right. Just lay. If you have a problem, you lay on his table. Exactly. Talk about mm. it. Boom. Mm. So, Ron, what you want to plug? Uh, I'd like to unplug this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm so joking. No, uh, the Twisted Ten podcast. So, uh, yeah, sounds so enthusiastic about it's it. It's a it's a podcast where we do like <laughs> top now. It's a podcast where we the ghosts the ghosts the guest host yeah. and host bring their <laughs> own unique top ten list for like a long format discussion. Interesting. About, uh, for instance, uh, we just released one about the top ten robbery and heist robberies and heist and top ten discoveries. There's. There's tons. There's tons of content in there already. Uh, the show took a hiatus. I was not a regular part of it at the time, but now I am a, one of the regular hosts, and uh, we're we're doing shows every week. Very cool. Last yes. time I was on it, I did um, uh, the top ten movies with fucked up storylines. <laughs> oh yeah, you do like yeah, Korean yeah. horror or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Jimmy, you and I should do an episode where we do like some sort of Brady Bunch theme, something. Oh top yeah, 10. Right, yeah, top ten something about Brady Bunches. <clears throat> yeah, I bet that Ronald love that. He'd be like, "Yes, I'll be sure to be." <laughs> yeah, another podcast. I'll be take that Sunday off. Another <laughs> podcast where I get to sit around and talk about the Brady Bunch. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as I don't have to watch <clears throat> any shows ahead of time, it's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, you know, we did. We had fun time. Fun time here today. But you know, remember, just reminding our listeners, we're not racist. We're not sexist. We're not. It's all in good fun, and just we're just having fun with it. We do love the show. Boom. What he said. Boom. So, yeah. Uh, so, I'll, first, I want to thank Ron for being on the show today. I really, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> and uh, it was a blast. It was fun, though. I did have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really was hoping Tack would have done that Andy Griffith show he was talking about doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's better than the Brady Bunch. <clears throat> and Tack, as usual, it was fun. Indeed. Was. Thank you. And, um, so I guess that's about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have been Jimmy. 
I have been Ron. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. See you. See you. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.